0: Tim and
1: Tom. Tom, K State lost. My heart's broken. They won a game, too, since we last talked. They beat Kentucky, which we didn't really give them any chance of. But I managed to go out to Driver Sports Bar in Overland Park, K State friendly bar. Watched it with my purple people. Sulked with my purple people the whole game. Elite 8 game. Loyola, Chicago with their Magic Nun. We tried mm, desperately mm. to find our own Magic Nun and couldn't find one.
2: Well, no. Let's back up a little bit, because let's go. Let's focus on the positive here. Because 2018, the year of the new idea. Yep. Let's focus on the win. So you congregated with your purple people eaters. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that, because you guys were heavy underdogs. To oh well.
1: So the the bar. I watched the the Loyola game, the Elite Eight game that we lost at the bar. I watched the other one at home.
2: Oh, that was the whole thing. You jinxed them. Don't watch it at a bar. Tom, If you want to watch it at home, they would have won. Listen to
1: me, Tom. 2010, the last time they were in the Elite Eight, they were playing Butler. You'll remember Butler almost won the national championship that game that year. They missed their game-winning shot. I went to a bar in Germany, and I watched the game. Stop doing that. And I just said to my wife, as soon as we left, and I was like, look, in 10 years, when they're back in this position... We're not going to a bar, like as fun as drivers was, and as great as they were, and service is good, drinks were were great. Damn it, I I it's my fault, Tom. It's
2: it my is my fault. K State K State hey, Nation. I Team watched walks, I right? watched Isn't three.
1: I watched us win three games from the comfort of my home, and as soon as I left, got destroyed, got handled. Hey, so
2: let's by uh, let's
1: by win. by two kids from Oakland Park, Kansas, in a nun, Tom.
2: Right. So let's, uh. first off, let's tell everyone who we're talking uh-huh. to tonight. We're talking uh-huh. to another K-State fan, uh-huh. the owner of Bungie. So I wanted to let him know right now, blame Tim. Yeah. Tim is what caused your mm. sadness.
1: Ben Jackson, yes. president of Bungie, is on the yes. show in the second ben segment. Jackson. And I apologize now if
2: you are listening. But yeah, it's so my ben, fault. It's my fault. Ben, it is all Tim's fault right there. I um, wondered why so there now- wasn't
1: more people at the bar because they knew. Mm-hmm. They understood. Mm-hmm. But none of them stopped me, Okay. None of them got in my way.
2: Yeah. Well, lesson learned.
0: Tim and Tom. Now that we got
2: the final four, which I believe in ESPN's brackets that you could fill out online, there was 18 million brackets filled out. And a total of 650, or maybe it was 550, somewhere in there, got the correct yeah. Final Four.
1: Which is just insane to me. Who are these people? And let's interview each of them for Tim and Tom, because I want to know why so did you pick this particular it, set?
2: Half of it it was pretty chalk, right? So Villanova, right. Kansas, that's that's pretty good. Michigan isn't necessarily chalk, but Michigan is Michigan. A lot you know of people I mean? picked them like, to
1: win the championship. A lot of people yeah,
2: them, Michigan, Michigan State, they always seem to have a shot. Now, Now, the Loyola of Chicago, that's the kicker, and that's why only 550 or 650 of the 18 million brackets filled out had it. But now that we got the final four, let's do our final four picks. So you have Loyola of Chicago versus Michigan, and then you got Villanova versus Kansas. Your winners of that are? I think
1: Michigan is going to beat Loyola Chicago. But if a guy who averages six points per game his entire college career suddenly hits five of six from the three point line in that game, well, hell, they can beat anybody, Tom. Because I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. And clearly nobody on the Kansas State basketball team knew what to do about that either. So who knows? They were shooting lights out. If they continue to do that, that obviously puts you in a position to win any basketball game. It's a toss-up to me because they haven't done anything but that, right? They've had great offensive performances. So why would it stop now? But I still feel like Michigan gets ahead there. And then the Villanova, dude, or K uh, KU, excuse me. I think KU, the bus gets stuck in traffic, so they're late. And then they trip going up the steps, so they're just awkward. And then Villanova, you know, just destroys them, even kind of makes fun of them and points at them on the court. Everybody laughs in the crowd, even the KU fans. So I think that happens, so I think it'll be Villanova-Michigan. Or at least that's what I would like to happen, (laughs) see Villanova-Michigan. I do think that game either, either way, man, either way really could. Again, this whole tournament, this whole year has been about which team – Starts that game with two or three guys that are actually going to play well that game. Whoever decided to play well that game? Because it just seems like no team has a rock solid, well, we know these guys are better than these guys, and they do it every time with without fail. Uh, everybody's pretty inconsistent, so who knows? But I do think it'll be Villanova, Michigan. And then, uh, gosh, I want to say Michigan.
2: Well, that's wrong. So yeah, here's probably. what happens. So I do think I agree with you. I think Michigan beats Layola, and this is why I think when you're in the tournament and you catch fire, like they did, you know, momentum is a real thing. In my opinion, I think it actually has a real psychological effects on your brain and how you perform and, in game activities. I think there's been now enough of a lull period where that momentum is kind of stalled. When was the last game last weekend? I just think momentum is a real thing. And with this many days in between games, you're not in that groove, right? So now you are reading the papers, not papers. There's no one reads a newspaper, but you are reading social media. You are watching your own. take. You are seeing, I think, to think about that's what I'm saying. You are watching first take and having Stephen A. Smith talk about how good your jumper is or whatever it is and so now that momentum of just i'm in the zone day in day out here's game one here's game two now it's like oh crap now people are expect now expectations are real right and so now that affects your game performance michigan on the other hand is a proven school now obviously you know schools have turnover every year so it's not like a core group they've that they've had for six or seven years. But what I'm saying is their institution is used to winning. Now, they're not used to always winning the big game, but they're used to winning a game over a school like Layola. And so I think with that, that time period, if the game was on a Saturday and then then, then this next game was on a Monday, i take Layola. But I'm taking Michigan because of the track record they have, the competition they faced all year round, and the time that they have to prepare for Layola. On the other end, I have Jay Wright's hair beating Kansas because yeah. he has the greatest hair in all of sports. So George Clooney's his,
1: Wildcats, yeah,
2: yeah, and his suits are on point yeah. every single time. Every time, Bill Self, Crisp. Bill Self over here, yeah, Bill Self's over here, looking like an assistant manager for Target. Yeah, when you find an item that was in the wrong bin and you're supposed to give the item that price, he's like, right. no, no, no. Actually, we're gonna give you the full price. It was over here. You know that. I know that. Can't do it. He yeah. seems like that guy. Also, I think Kansas's luck is running out a little bit too, yeah. because at the end of regulation, yeah. old smush face Grayson Allen, if his shot just goes in, because that shot should have went in.
1: It should have went in. It was in.
2: They're done. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was in. it. It was it was the most in shot to miss of all yeah. time. Now their halftime or their overtime, that one guy outscored completely. Yeah, he, he, scored outscored there him. Point. he outscored him 13 to 8. Yeah. But I do think you typically don't get that twice, no, right? right? So exactly. I, Jay Wright's hair and his suits and his team being prepared and knowing how to win because they've won recently. We'll get them over Kansas. And so then I got Michigan versus Villanova. Again, you got to go with the power of the hair. I got Jay Wright and Villanova winning the national championship. Now, saying that. I want Loyola versus Kansas and I want Loyola to win because I love chaos. I love when the 16 beats the number one. I love when the Cubs win the world series for this tournament to have a 16 beat a one to have Loyola go to the final four for all of this, just outrageous, random acts of basketball to occur for it to go to Villanova or Kansas. That's so lame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there me out, the- man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely that, want Loyola Chicago to cut down them nets.
2: A hundred percent. That being said, let's just say Loyola does win, right? Mm-hmm. Sister Jean, get your walker and get out of here. <laughs> All right. I'm tired of you. Okay. Uh, well. your, your 15 minutes of fame ended on Monday. I don't want to hear your name. I don't like the way you answer things with the sister Jean. Are you aware that you're a national star? And then she corrects the reporter by saying, Honey, I'm actually an international star. Listen here, Sister Jean. The way the news cycle works and how crazy our president is right now, by October, we're going to forget your name. So stop with the I'm going to be something big here. And another thing, let's get off of her and focus on the kids that are actually making the plays. Let's not make a Sister Jean bobblehead. How about we make a, I don't know, a uh, like a cop buddy t-shirt of the two kids from overland yeah, park yeah how about up
1: together play back listen to this ben richardson one of those kids averaged his whole college career six points per game tom and k-state was in his face and he hit five of six from three and had 20 plus points what like that is insane but yeah sister gene let's all talk about the lady with the, with the hat on backwards yeah it, it is a bit i get it You know, it's part of the regalia. It's part of all of that. But at some point, like, you have to turn and say, hey, man, these kids are beating these people with a coach who sucks, too. He's had never had, like, a winning season ever.
2: Ever. Yeah, focus on the coach. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's just a really insane story. And for what it's worth, K-State had every reason to bow out in the first round this year. They weren't all that consistent throughout the year. They got a nine seed to play against a guy who really had a reason to want to beat them. Their star player goes out, 25% of their shooting almost is gone, right? So they had no reason to get to an Elite Eight, but they did. And that was fun. And they beat Kentucky first time ever that they've done that. So that was kind of a, that felt like the big win of the tournament. We didn't have our all big 12 first team guy, 25% of our scoring, the only guy with height and athleticism to actually match Kentucky. And we found a way to grind it out and win that game. So that was fun. And then just seeing Loyola Chicago and you're just like, yeah, I mean, look at this. When somebody's playing back, we talked about this, Tom, it's the easiest sport to beat somebody who's a better athlete than you. In you just got to get hot the right time when they're not playing well, and it's it's over from the start sometimes. So yeah, you just watch that and you go, yeah. I mean, they clearly won that basketball game that day. So let's see if they yeah. can do it some more. I want them to win the whole thing because yeah, I don't like I've seen Kansas win a national championship. I've seen Villanova do it. I've seen Michigan do it. I've seen it. I'm done. Like cool, great. Let's see Loyola Chicago. Nobody's seen that
2: right. since ever. I don't know. Like, 1963. Uh, well, that was 1963. Last, that was their last Final Four.
1: Did they win it then?
2: Yeah, no, they okay. won the national championship. They won the national yeah. championship
1: then, yep. Yep, the next year was K-State's last Final Four, it was 1964. They did not win that there. The K-State now, seven straight Big 8 losses, the longest streak of Big, or, or Elite 8, excuse me, uh, longest streak of Elite 8 losses of any team.
2: Every man a wildcat. That's
1: what being a K-State fan feels like. Like, you get to the door, you just can't open it, right? It's locked, I don't get it, I don't I can't get it. Like, that's what it feels like all oh. the the time
2: and you lost to a school where fun fact, uh, I'm giving you an early fun fact mm-hmm. in this first segment, uh, where fun fact, they were named after a hobo up until 1990 yeah. and then deemed that a hobo was too demeaning to have as a mascot. So then they changed it to the <laughs> yeah. ramblers. Yeah. So used to be the there farmers. you go.
1: K-State used to be the farmers at one point when they yeah, were. That in, totally yeah, that totally makes
2: sense. Yeah. Have you been to Manhattan? Yeah. I've, yeah. 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 I don't think Wildcats.
0: Tim and Tom. I wanted to share with you
2: a fun story and also with our loyal listeners of how much I value this podcast and your listenership.
1: Oh, that's sweet. Tom.
2: As you know, Tim, I work a 10 to 7 shift currently at my current job. So right. with that, booking interviews is a little bit more difficult because typically uh, guests don't want to do an interview at 7.30, 8 o'clock, things like that. But for me, because I'm in a customer service job, sometimes I get a call at 7 o'clock and I work until 7.30. So it makes that crunch time of getting off work and getting home. Very stressful. So you notified me last week that we'd be doing this interview at 7.30 on Wednesday. So I, thinking ahead, said, I am going to get on top of this. I really want to be prepared for this interview. I really want to make sure that I get all my questions in order and that, you know, if the computer needs to update, whatever needs to happen, that I can take care of all of it and then we're ready for the interview. Right. I also am very busy because I do work a customer service job and I tend to jumble things that aren't work related. So like I make sure that my work is impeccable because obviously if it's not, you'll get fired. So that's top priority. Everything else kind of is hazy. For some reason, I thought the interview was on Tuesday. So I got my shift scheduled on Tuesday from 10 to 7 to 9 to 6. And so I got off yesterday at six o'clock, turned on the computer, ready to go asking you all different types of questions, which you did not respond to because then I later found out you had deleted the app that we communicate most through. Mm -hmm. And so I'm stressed to the, to the gills going like, why isn't him (laughs) asking me what, where's the guest? I got off at six. What is happening? And I'm sitting at my computer. I'm typing away. I I don't know why you're not talking to me. I can't understand why. You're
1: like, did I die? Did I die? Yeah, I was
2: like, (laughs) what is happening here? And then I go back through our messages and I reread Wednesday, 730. So Tuesday at 730, I felt like a dork. Yeah,
3: well.
0: But hey,
2: I went the extra mile for all of you. Your heart was in the right place
0: tim and tom
2: so i messaged you on a platform that we typically communicate the most on mm. and you were unresponsive yeah and so then this morning you messaged me through a different social media app and i said hey what's with this and uh, do you care to share with the audience yeah. uh, what happened so
1: uh, we always communicate pretty much always on facebook messenger and you had recently, we had a great discussion you can find on our YouTube and on the website and, and back in our old episodes about uh, social media. Uh, and you were, you were like, I want to quit Facebook. And I kind of even talked you yep. out of it. I, I think it was like, here's you did. Here's here's positive ways to use it. Well, you know, more of this news that has been coming out about the data mining and, and all that kind of stuff. It says, hey, you can check exactly what they're keeping on you. Because did you know, if you have an Android phone, you likely gave them permission to log and keep anything they want, especially Logs of all of your text messages, all of your calls. That sounds like a lot. And it's like, here, you can download yours right here. And I did, right? And then it started downloading a zip file, a zip file, Tom. And the zip file was almost a gig, right? And I was like, well, this is not going to be good, right? So I open it up and there's everything compartmentalized, right? You open up photos, like almost every photo I've probably ever put on Facebook you could just look through it. I was like, wow. And then I open up messenger and there's just folders, Thomas, my wife, Nikki, right? Wow. Just folders. Mm -hmm. Open it. Everything, everything. Tom, we've been friends for years, right? (laughs) I was like, why, why, why am I doing this? I have ways to, to to communicate with Tom. Who knows if these other services are doing it, but now I can see Facebook's doing it, right? They're doing it and they're being sloppy with it. And, and Facebook's one of the premier sources of my agitation in life, because I'm basically hearing the thoughts of random people about the world. And you know what? I don't like the thoughts of most of these people that I'm hearing around the world. They're random thoughts that misinform political decisions while I'm taking a dump. Like, I don't need this anymore. I was like, A, I could probably actually do a lot more efficient things or just have actual thoughts, you know, like actual thoughts that aren't guided by somebody else's dumb thoughts. And, you know, I was like, the other things are more fun. They're photos, they're short little bat, like a Twitter. I was like, you know what? I can check Facebook on a computer once a day, maybe twice, and not deal with this. And so, I immediately, I was like, just, it's off my phone. I'm done. I'm just not doing it. And there it is. Yeah,
2: just took it off. And there it is. (laughs) Look how... The tables have turned.
1: (laughs) Now, I'll still use it because, like I said, I have had done a lot recently of going through and I made sure I got rid of every political page at all, right? Any of these, like, we're left-wingers for, you know, we're military veterans for Bernie or whatever it is, right? All these things, Mm -hmm. right? Anything like that. Just because, A, I've got a lot of friends who think that and they share the stuff, right? So I was like, all right, I got to get rid of that. And then anytime they were sharing it, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to hide this post or snooze it right you can snooze people you can hide i was like i'm doing that so it was clearing up and it was becoming like i was like oh great this is how i remembered it early on in its early days right like hey here's some fun stuff and i was like cool all right i got it back to it and then that came out and i was like man i just don't even want like i I don't want them having all that info for you know what i mean like and they're doing nothing with it but just giving it to people who you think okay well if it's just advertisers that's one thing right whatever right? You're like, okay, I get it, I guess, right? But man, it feels like a lot when you're staring at everything I've ever said to anybody just staring at it. I was like, wow, this is, this is intense. So I'll use it sparingly and uh, get back to my life.
0: Tim and Tom.
2: By the time you hear this episode, opening day will have come and gone for the Kansas City Royals. But did you hear the breaking news as of March 28th to one of our star players and how he will be missing some time?
1: Yeah, would they say four to six weeks?
2: Yes. Salvador Perez says he misstepped while carrying luggage in his house, his left knee hyperextended, and the MRI shows a grade two tear of his MCL he'll miss 4 to 6 weeks. And I tell you what, this is a little bit even more concerning because unlike a first baseman, a second baseman, or any other type of infielder, you know, your knees are obviously important for any type of athletic job that you do. But of all of the positions in baseball, the one yeah. that's the hardest on your knees is catcher, and Salvador Perez, for those who don't know, is our starting catcher. So and this could be guy. a big so right and that's hard on his knees. So this could even be a little bit more so than the four to six weeks. This could be a little bit longer because, yeah, okay, he is healed and recovered, right? Like I had shoulder surgery. I am healed and recovered. There are still some points after you know my surgery was in October and we're going into April that I still hit a little bit when moving my arm that's a little tender. Well, I can only imagine if you're having MCL surgery and sitting on that knee. That it might take a few more weeks on top of that to recover from a surgery, mm-hmm. so that should be interesting. The Royals were not projected to do great things this year, but I think they were still going to contend to hopefully win in a wild card spot. I think that was their their hope this year. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. But a major blow to those chances right out the gates yeah, with as MCL tear. I mean,
1: how what? That's thirty games.
2: Or, or more four to six yeah or more.
1: yeah yeah and and like we were saying so not only is he sitting on his knees a lot but he's doing that like kind of squat where he's sitting on your heels and mm-hmm. he is two what 240 something i mean he's tall and he's like a big dude
2: oh he's a massive catcher yeah he is I
1: not mean, one of he the maybe over catchers 250 in league. he may be over 250 and not by because he's fat Just because he's such a big guy. So, those knees, you know, he's putting a lot of stress on them for sure. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised where, even if he comes back, you see, end of the year, it starts bothering him and stuff because, man, you just can't go right into like the rigors of everyday baseball like that. So, yeah, I think you're right. They were going to go wild card. And if they. Look like they were falling short. Well, then get rid of Duda, get rid of Moose, get rid of whatever. Maybe that decision will come earlier than <laughs> it was going to. But,
2: hey, you never know. We shall see. So, good luck, Royals.
0: Tim and Tom. Have you
1: read any of this Schlitterbahn indictment?
0: No,
2: I haven't.
1: I read it all. I,
0: okay.
2: So, I, I know a child died, mm-hmm. and it was because basically – uh, no one was regulating the, the crazy rides at Schlitterbahn, well, and now they're going to jail.
1: Two people already have gone to jail. So Schlitterbahn, now a lot of this information I'm getting from the indictment, the Schlitterbahn lawyers have said in no uncertain terms, not they basically have said not only is, is this really false, basically how dare you, and we have tons of evidence to support that this is crap, right? So now when you hear the things that come out of this indictment, boy, it's really hard to hear that they say that. Cause you're like, I don't know how you're going to, cause it sounds pretty locked tight. Remember. Okay. Tom, for, we said this earlier, we're, we're interviewing Ben Jackson coming up, owner of Bungie and a little bit of a spoiler alert. He mentions building his app took eight months. Remember that, right? Tom, you remember that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you guys will hear mm-hmm. that. The Schlitterbahn guy, the last name is Henry. I forget his first name. He's, he's one of the part owners of the company. He's the guy leading the Kansas City one and his buddy, whatever his name is, they're the lead designers on fruit the world's tallest water slide. They put a time of no concept to completion. Seven months. Seven months. Get
2: it done.
1: Now, any uh the, the experts that they've called to look after this death have said just the computer design process should take six months. Right? Just the computer design process should take six months. Now, this guy, Henry and, and the other guy, have no engineering education or training in regards to water slides or roller coasters none love it none get out build it. it anyway now do you know why they wanted to build it tom because they wanted to get on the tl show about biggest water slides and brag about it so, yeah of course so Ego. he is so he's pushing it shoving even bragging to other people like i've got the tallest one blah blah, blah blah so now they realize things as they're testing and going through the design that they suck. They don't know what they're doing and they're figuring out things on the fly. So they realize you can't get over the second hump, right? Well, so we got to put water thrusters in there to lift these guys over the hump. They also had no engineering mathematical equations to speak of to determine the weight limits on the rafts. They just started doing trial and error. So then mm-hmm. they get these thrusters to get them over. So they have a weight limit of 440 to 500 pounds or something, right, for the raft. But these water thrusters make no determination of where it is in that scale. So you're getting the same thrust if you're at 400 pounds versus you're at 550 pounds. So yeah, it's launching some of these rafts off of it. So much so that they had to put the nets on the thing. Well, the nets involve these poles. And this kid collided with the pole, decapitating him immediately. As it happened, hits the pole, decapitated, Tom. It comes to find out people have not only been injured because this thing's launching them off into the nets, that exact same pole, People have been injured. Some girl can no longer do sports because of her concussion-related injuries from hitting her head back and forth because the ride through them. People with lingering back issues, they've also tried to hide and intimidate people who have been injured before. When their rafts were going off, you may have remembered this from when they were building it. The news stories of the rafts were going off so they had to put the mm-hmm. nets on there. They put out yep. a public campaign to not only discredit that, but to say it's not true and, and it's that's not what we're just putting the nets on there for normal safety. They're not like flying off. Then they started doing their tests in the dark. At night, because they were like, well, we can't let the people see this. They sent lawyers to people's homes to try to recover sworn testimonies and stuff that were in their possession at the time. Bad news all around. And the guy even emailed, the guy, Henry, who was writing it, it even emailed to somebody that he thought he might die on that ride someday, all for his bragging rights to get on to have the That's Now, this is what the indictment claims, right? And they've got... It's 47 pages of just all kinds of evidence and and email stuff. And it just paints this guy as like, hey man, he was doing this for his self-serving needs and wanted to be braggadocious and blah, blah, blah. So now, again, Schlitterbahn's lawyers and his family's lawyers have said, "Mm -mm, no. It kind of sounds to me like they're saying, you're saying that he would have had to have foreseen this death. And it sounds like they're getting, we're talking letter of the law here. There's no way he could have foreseen this, right? So we'll see where it goes. It certainly makes it sound like they were just selfish and just disconcerned for human life and injury and then just tried to bully their way out of things. And it's pretty sickening to read if that's how it actually went down. Obviously, it's one side of the
2: story. Now, so what you're saying is great reading re- material. Well,
1: Schlitterbahn, I think, is also come from the angle of saying, hey, Kansas, you dropped a bunch of the ball here also. And now you're trying to paint us as the people being carefree and pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. But I think they're also trying to say, "Ah." Uh-uh. Like you know, what I mean, you boy, you came in here and checked this a lot, you know what I mean? Like so, you know, I don't know. It's a really weird story, but I remember those stories of the rass flying off and having to put net, and I was like, I don't think I'm ever riding that thing. I really don't. I've never
2: been there. It's, yeah. It looks disgusting. Yeah. I'm Why would not, you go no. to Schlitterbahn? Is it permanent? Cl- is it permanently closed? Oh no, no, they
1: were open. What? The next day. Yeah. Well, and they've wanted to bring the thing down, but. The investigation's been going on. They mandated him to leave it up and not touch because they don't they want how that thing out of there.
2: Keep, how do you keep a business running after an indictment like this? It should be closed in the well, morning. Oh
1: well, it's closed, I think, for the season. No, but no. after oh, the no, death no. No, after no. the death it was open and
2: operating. No I was supposed to no, go no. there that day. I tell you about that? No, but no. What I'm saying is, like, <laughs> no. right now, how is it not closed right now? Who is funding?
1: Well, I don't know that. Have... It, I don't know if they if they plan to reopen or not. I don't know. Ever? Never. I don't Never. know. I don't Get know out. anything about that. Yeah, Bye. we are supposed to go that day. This is a real fun story. So it's a ten-year-old kid from Olathe who died. Well, fun fact: my son was ten. We we're in Olathe. We we're supposed to go that day. Uh, a friend of mine is visiting a old military friend. He's on his way driving cross-country because he's going to go to a training, become an officer, right? He's enlisted before. Big deal for him. And he mentions, I love water slides. I wouldn't mind going to like a water park, going down some water slides. And we were like, well, if you love water slides, we have the tallest water slide in the world right here in Kansas City. And he was like, oh, I don't know about that intense, man. You know, we were like, oh, well, you just said you love, you know, we were just offering it. You said you love water slides. He goes, yeah. And he goes, I meant like some small water slides. He goes, I don't want anything to happen, man. He goes, and, and I can't report to this officer training and then miss out or something. And we were like, ah, man, it's been running for a couple of years. You think something would happen? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently so, huh? Yeah. We opted not to go there, go to another place because he was like, I don't even want to, no. Nah. He goes, no, nah, I don't even want to mess with that. And sure enough, I sent him that text and he was like, man, he was like, that's exactly what I was saying. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed to me always like, I was like, man, that seems like it should have been a roller coaster, right? Strap a cart to that thing, let me down, uh, go through a plunging thing of water, still would have been as thrilling, still would have been as fun, but not the potential to launch people off and decapitate them. But, again, these guys had no engineering expertise, no education, no training they in just this regard.
2: They had an ego, they and that's why it. the place should be closed. Right. Stop it. Close it. Schlitterbahn. If you go to Schlitterbahn after this discussion we've had right here, you're a dum-dum.
0: Tim and Tom.
1: Check us out, timandtomkc.com, and all of our social media is at timandtomkc. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk to Ben Jackson of Bungie, B-U-N-G-I-I really unique thing they're doing there it's pretty fun and a fun story and he's just a really likable person so stick around with us for that we will be back to tim and tom
2: mind blown fact right here mm. the human brain named itself I
3: let you finish just a safe face that's best case on my worst days i'm a pit bull had to push hard for this shit, dog trying to get pulled each ticket get, get it high get a bit pulled and they get cold when I get hot, I'm going to get yours to the damn fold. And I'm going to
0: retool and I'm going to
1: get crew. I play no games. Tim and Tom. Hey, Tom, did I tell you we have an Amazon affiliate link on our website now?
0: Uh, no, that's yeah, cool.
1: It is. So what that means is listeners who are listening to us right now, they can go to our website, timandtomkc.com. The link is written right there at the top of the page. It says Amazon. They'll buy whatever they're going to buy at the same price, and we're going to get a little action. They're going to give us a little kickback from it, Amazon is.
2: Yeah, this is a really cool feature, guys. What I like about it the most is you're not charged anything extra. So if you buy an item off of Amazon, for example, that is $10, you're still paying $10. You're not paying 11 or 12 mm-hmm. But the difference is that a little bit of the kickback, as Tim mentioned, comes to us. So instead of that money going to Jeff Bezos and a billionaire, ah. He doesn't need another private jet, but you know what? We need a couple of dollars to run the site, pay for some things that we've got going on with Tim and Tom Casey. It's a great way to help us out. Every little bit counts. We appreciate it. Oh, so much.
0: Tim and Tom.
1: It's all right, Ben, you're sitting. If, if I got this right, I'm going to, I'm going to give a poor layman's version of this story and then you're going to correct me and tell me how it really happened. But you're sitting right. in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, attending K-State, and you own a pickup truck. And this is years ago. And everybody mm-hmm. owns a pickup truck or has owned a pickup truck knows you get calls to help people move. And you said, "This sucks," and I got to figure out a better way to do this. Now that's given you a short layover of how I understood it from, from <laughs> something online. But clearly you can, you can tell this story better with more, with more gusto and how this really happened.
4: I was a junior at K-State majoring business marketing and uh, I drove a black 1999 Ford Ranger. Okay. So it was, it was like a tiny little vehicle. Yeah. I hardly even consider it a truck. Right. Um, but then uh, one day, literally, literally one day I had four different people ask if they could borrow like my truck and myself to help move something. Mm. And, uh, (laughs) you know, like I'd, I'd like to consider myself the next guy, but, uh, you know, like each request, like I kept on getting like a little bit more annoyed and a little bit more annoyed and a little bit more annoyed. And, uh, you know, it got to a point where after that fourth request, I was just like laying in my bed that night, like staring up at the ceiling just super salty about it. And it's like, there's had a terrible attitude. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way here. What did I just spend my whole entire Saturday doing for like uh, half a half of pizza that I was day old and like a, a beer, you know, it's like right. not, not even worth it. The next day I was in class. I didn't really even know who this guy was. He was just kind of like a loose acquaintance of mine. And I kind of just like whispered over uh, the problem. I, had. I was like, dude, like it was terrible. I had it. People use my truck, you know, just kind of walking through it. And like, I'll never forget this. He just super nonchalantly kind of turns over and looks at me. He he kind of like gives himself like a little shoulder shrug. And he's like, "Hmm," like, let's start a business. And, uh, you know, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but we walked out of class that day just with a simple concept in mind, tap a button, get a truck.
1: I get the frustration. I too lived in that town. (laughs) Owned a truck that was, I mean, it was a Toyota pickup truck. They they didn't even have a model name. It was just called Toyota pickup, right? (laughs) Two seats and the smallest bed you could have but everybody would say, hey, can you help me move uh, whatever? And I'm like, first of all, no, this truck probably can't actually legitimately haul that. <laughs> and two, no, I have a life that right. I got to get to. Man, I already helped your brother move. You know, those kind of things. So the guy says, let's start a business. Right. Where does it go from there? Where Are you just like, yeah, that's a great idea. Or do you instantly go, I've got it. People should be able to, you know, you, you said push a button and get a truck. So how do you start moving forward at that point?
4: A lot of uh, entrepreneurs uh, like will tell a story, and they're like, you know, I just kind of like stumbled upon this, and I like, looked up one week, and we're making this idea how I was making money, and then it turned into this massive company. Like That's not it with Bungie at all. Like, really, since that moment in class, it has been an app-based truck-sharing concept. Fortunately or unfortunately, probably more unfortunately, we've been compared to Uber, but for pickup trucks to help move stuff. So we, we knew that there was going to be a huge software component about it since right. day one i was we were both marketing majors at k-state and knew nothing about software or how that works so the the first idea we had was, and i was just like oh harrison like so this is terry harrison's buddy's co-founder it's like may-ish and so school's about to be let out and i was like harrison like no problem i'll just like learn to code over the summer and i'll, I'll crank this app out and right. uh it took like like if anyone knows anything about software like they're definitely like banging their head against the desk right now because that's just the stupidest thing that you could say. And uh, it took like five minutes through like Apple's like learning to code program that I realized I was totally in over my head. And then uh, we tried, uh, Harrison had some buddies down in Texas and we tried to get them to develop it. They had built a few apps before, gave them, um, they said it would take three months. About five months in, we realized it wasn't going to work. And then we also actually tried uh, this firm in India and we wasted another seven months trying to get this app out. And it just, it it wouldn't work because it's uh, it's pretty complex. There's a lot going on. Um, And, you know, so we learned the lesson the hard way after wasting about a year. You can't, cheap software uh, is one of the worst things ever, Mm -hmm. um, which was a, a tough lesson to learn as a broke college kid.
2: With that app or excuse me, with the idea of developing and you're trying to, you know, get this to fruition, what were some of those early success stories, though? Because obviously, you know, there was a lot of obstacles, like you were saying, developing this app, you know, trying to find someone who could develop the software. But obviously there has to be little increment wins to keep you going, because if it's all just, you know, downhill, yeah. downhill, you get discouraged and, you know, you quit. But what were some of those early successes that were like, you know what, this will Be successful. Was it word of mouth amongst friends saying like you know this is a great idea, or what kept you going in those early stages?
4: That's a great question. It was was actually after we both decided that we wanted to work on this concept, we were faced. We both had internships too, so we're like either we do bungee or we do these internships, and you know that's a that's a big decision to make. uh, You know as a as a junior uh, in college of like you know do I stop what I'm doing and uh, and and try to do something on my own. And uh, we we kind of went back and forth about it for a couple of days. And uh, I I don't know if you recognize the name Dave Drowling. He's one of the most successful entrepreneurs in Manhattan. He started the company, uh, GTM, Greek to me. They just got bought out by Haynes. But uh, we actually got a meeting with Dave Drowling somehow. And we're like, all right, we're going to go all in on what Dave says. So if Dave likes the concept, uh, we're going to pursue it. If he doesn't like it, we're going to forget about it. So we meet with Dave, pitch him an idea, and he's like, that's one of the best ideas I've ever heard. So Harrison and I are like, all right, guess guess we're, guess we're doing it. You know, there wasn't a lot of good that happened the next year in terms of progress that, that was made, but we just kind of clung on to that best idea, best idea. And, you know, I don't know if it was stupidity or uh, providential, but, you know, we clung on to that and, uh, and pushed through. Um, and then we, we did have some, you know, a couple here and there. We, we won some K-State Entrepreneurial Awards. Um, as well. But the biggest thing was just like, you know, it's a good idea. It's a good concept. Like we have to figure this out.
1: So you're working on that concept. Did you know the name Bungie then? Or was there like a, Hey guys, we got to figure out a name or does this have some sort of significance?
4: I wish that we had like a really cool story about (laughs) how we got the name Bungie, but we don't, we had been thinking about what to name this company for a couple weeks now. And uh, Harrison and I did a test market actually in Manhattan that summer where we moved all the stuff in my truck ourselves. And so we were moving like this dresser or something. Uh, you know, just thinking about what should we name it. And Harrison's like, Hey Ben, throw me one of those bungee cords. I need to like tie down this drawer or something. And I was like, Oh, that's it, bungee. And we went from there. So oh, that's good. That again, fits. not a, not like a, yeah. Not like a come to Jesus moment or anything, right. um, <laughs> but I, yeah, actually the first name was uh, we had for it was pickup. We were really excited about that name. But then we realized that like pickup.com costs literally like $500,000 and uh, I know, I know, hard pass. And uh, like it was, it's like had been trademarked so many times. So it was expensive and we couldn't protect it. And we're like, let's just do something a little more unique.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's such a common term that does make sense. Yeah.
2: So when you're yeah. launching this app, obviously you guys did the test run with you know basically you two just doing the entire man work or you know manpower on your end. But then you get to the point you launch Bungie and what was the response? So that was tough. And if you don't mind,
4: let me kind of back up a little bit. Oh, so sure. of course we. We do, we do the test market, and we had a great response. We did maybe like 350 trips that summer. And then after the test market, you know, and that time we're like, okay, this app's being built in India. We're going to be great. And then the test market ended, okay, the school year started again. At that same time, we realized, okay, this – second app developer over, over in India, they're not going to work out. We have to raise big money. I grew up in Europe. I was born in Georgia, the state. I grew up in Europe and I came back to K-State for college okay. and Harrison grew up in Denver. So we're both like two K-Staters who don't really know anybody in the area and definitely don't know anybody with deep pockets in the area. Right. And we're just like, okay, we've had two app software failures so far. Like we have to raise big money to you know get this built the right way. Those two, again, broke college students and uh, who need to raise about half a million dollars. Like, what do you do when you don't know anybody? So, you know, this is a problem we're kind of thinking about for a couple of days. And, uh, again, we were walking out of class one day, and then something caught the corner of my eye. And it was a bunch of names etched in marble that were up on the wall in the uh, K-State College of Business. These were names of donors who, like, donated a quarter of a million dollars or more to K-State. And, uh, like, Paul like Harrison and I'm like, hold on, dude, like, we might be onto something here. So we took a picture of it. And then, like, skipped class, stayed up all night for the next, like, four days, and just, like, Googled names, numbers, and email addresses of these, you know, donor, k state donors.
1: Right, you um, stalked them. Right.
4: And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. uh, actually, out of that, we, we probably got, like, 15 different investment meetings, uh, wow. which led to about four different offers, two of them we took seriously. And uh, we ended up signing with a local investor here in Kansas City for half a million. Is that it, huh? Um, which, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so that was, that was fantastic. But, uh, and, then, and then to answer your question here, so it took uh, this local investor, he, he was familiar with software. And you know, that's uh. like the one thing we couldn't figure out. So we used his software team to get the app out. And uh, it took literally eight months to build the app nice. the right way. So that kind of gives you context for launching the app. So it's like we had been failed twice. we have been waiting a year and a half. We figured out a way to raise money. Then we waited eight months for this app to be built. It, It finally is here. It's been like two and a half years now for this concept. Harrison and I were We are so excited about it. You know, we're we're thinking we're going to be doing hundreds of trips the first week. There's going to be thousands of dollars, and we're going to ride off into the sunset or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, we launched, and uh, the first week, we completed three trips Mm. for a total of like $49 in our Mm. bank account. After spending literally hundreds of thousands on uh, getting this app out, it was crushing. (sighs) I mean, absolutely devastating absolutely devastating. I remember sitting across from him, you know, we still don't really even have a formal office at this time. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, man. Like, is, is this it? Like, is this is this the, the end of the ride? We looked at each other like, you know, we have two options here. You know, we can whine, we can complain, we can say, hey, listen, there's not a market for this, or this is the wrong time, or Kansas City is not the right place. You know, or we can put our heads down, get to work and figure it out. You know, we actually, thankfully, we chose the latter and uh,
2: things have worked out so far. Tell us a little bit about the app. Now that it's out there, you know, it's available for people with iPhones like me. It's available in the App Store. Tim, you have an Android. What is it, the store for Android... Play Store. So you download this app. For people unaware of how to use the app, tell us a little bit about, as a customer, how this is a service to us. So we get mislabeled as a moving company a
4: lot. And uh, we try to differentiate ourselves from a moving company as much as we can. We're not a moving company. Uh, You know, a couple times a week we'll get phone calls saying like, hey, I have a three-bedroom house. Can you guys move it?" It's like, no, we we, we don't want to do that. Bungie is more of an on-demand large item delivery. So let's say you're buying a couch on Craigslist or a new uh, living room set at Costco or a mattress from the store, uh, but you just don't have a good way to get it home. Either delivery is not available or delivery takes, you know, three weeks and you have to choose a four-hour window, you know, next, next, next Saturday. Um is alternative where you, again, without your smartphone, download the app, uh, you take a picture of what needs to be moved, and uh, we send that picture to all drivers in the area and then uh, the drivers accept it and immediately start heading to the pickup location. So we can get a driver in a truck anywhere in Kansas city and ride
2: right about 15 minutes, which we're, that's something we're very, very proud of. So from there on the, the app side, how does it work? Because they pick it up for you. And then are you just following them or they, I assume, I guess they're following you to the destination. And then is it similar to Lyft and, and those type of writing services where transactionally everything's taken care of on the app or is, is there something that you have to do, you know, face to face?
4: Very similar to Uber and Lyft. When you first launch the app, you set the pickup and drop-off location. So on our system, uh, it, it tells us on the platform where you are and where the, the thing needs to go. We send that information to the driver as well once he accepts the trip. You could follow the driver. The driver could follow you. It really just kind of all depends. We, we train our drivers. You know, the first thing you do when you accept a trip is to connect with the customer. Uh, Just so, Mm -hmm. you know, you both know what's going on and that helps with any potential issues that occur. But yeah, everything's done in the app from payment um, to driver rating to tipping. There's driver real-time GPS tracking. It does have very similar feels to an Uber or a Lyft. I mean, really, it's Uber for pickup trucks, but instead of moving people, we move people's stuff.
1: Then for the driver aspect, uh, obviously, sounds like you got to have a truck. Is there some other stuff? Yeah, we, yeah I, I'm assuming there's some. Obviously, you can't have a 1965, you know, Chevy. I'm assuming, but uh, is it a pretty standard kind of similar? Again, it, as you said, you probably get compared to these driver sharing apps a lot, but similar kind of process for the driver in then.
4: Our, our process for driver onboarding is uh, is a little more stringent than Uber and Lyft. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do eight point safety standard, which includes vehicle checks, background checks. We actually do personal interviews uh, for our drivers as well, because you know, if you think about it, our drivers are going into homes. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's like, I have this couch, it's on the curb, like I need, I need help getting into my home. And so that's what the drivers do, which is a little different than just being dropped off at a curb and you sure. know walking into your home by yourself. So, right. um, you know, what, something that was really cool though, is someone at a local fire station, Uh, caught wind of Bungie. And then all of a sudden we had a ton of firefighters, policemen, EMTs apply to be Bungie drivers because it works out great with their schedule. You know, they have Mm -hmm. 24 hours on 48 hours off and the 48 hours off is like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something to do, but I can't really get a part-time job. And uh, with Bungie, you can work when you want Uh, literally jump on the app and just start accepting trips uh, so it works out fantastic. So the customer being taken care of, but then so it's also a great way for, for these public servants to make you know money on the side as well.
2: I'm reading through kind of some of your company highlights. And one thing that, that caught my eye is it says a few months ago that you guys had almost, I guess, what would be in terms of a national expansion by launching in Atlanta. Tell us a little bit about that. Bungie the model, uh, it's a model where we have to be operating in somewhere probably between
4: six, to nine major cities in America, if we want to be cash flow positive as a company. So, mm-hmm. our model is we take 30% of every transaction, so 70% goes to the driver, 30% goes to us. I'm going to run through some quick math here with you, but the average mm-hmm. trip is like $35 to $40. So our cut is 12 ish dollars per trip. That's what we all average. Right. You can quickly find out as a company, you got to be doing thousands of trips a day if you want to sustain yourself. Bungie in general, it's, it's one of those things where it's a sprint to the finish and it's got to, got to be an all or nothing sort of company. Mm-hmm. With that being said, we're looking to expand on a national level as quickly and efficiently as possible. And we just launched an Atlanta, I guess, just as the wrong word. We launched a about three, three to four months ago and actually are pushing for city number three here within about a month. Being a company that's operating in multiple time zones and multiple cities, there's just a lot of inherent complexity that, that, that comes with it. So it's uh you know, how fast can we expand without you know setting the business on fire? Sure. That's that sort of question we have to answer
2: a little bit bigger picture. Maybe I'm getting a little bit too philosophical here because I tend to do that sometimes. But for the longest time, cities were built for cars because, you know, parking lots and going to stores, you had to accommodate so much parking. But now you have these ride sharing companies. You even now, like you said, you have Bungie that's helping you move things. Do you think in the future is the goal to like, build cities for people instead of cars? Like, do you see that as the wave of the future for how we are getting our transportation, how we're moving, you know, the things we're buying? You know, that's,
4: that's fascinating that you say that. Like I mentioned earlier, I grew up in Europe. Cities there were just a lot a lot more dense. So, mm-hmm. you know, you jump on public transportation to go anywhere and not a lot of people owned cars. I guess it's probably present tense, not a lot of people own cars. And the, a major difference I see when coming to America, is Kansas City is substantially less dense than the average city in Europe. And I think from like an infrastructure perspective, we'd have to figure out either A, how to become more dense, or B, how do we get people, whether that's public transportation or not public transportation, to other areas of the city, 5,000 people don't live in a skyrise with the same address, would be more like suburb area. So I think, I don't know, to answer your question, I guess I'm saying, I don't know, because the problem of density in America concerns me with this trend where people aren't, you know, where they're getting rid of their cars. However, if we can figure out a way to get past that solution, I think Bungie plays right into that where Bungie is perfect for people who have small cars, or don't have cars and, you know, take take public transportation everywhere.
1: I was reading on some of these uh, blurbs from your business here. Uh, there's talk of a net promoter score of 94. Can you explain to what some of that is? Because some of the other numbers I see are pretty uh, not even close to that. So it sounds like you're hitting it out of the park from that perspective. Can you give me some insight into what that is?
4: So a net promoter score, it's pretty standard just across, like, the business world, the consumer business world, where you ask the consumer after they've interacted with your business, like, how is your experience? And it's a scale from one to 10, and uh, essentially the rating goes from negative 100 to positive 100. We actually have a net promoter score of 94, Mm -hmm. uh, which is something we're extremely proud of. And to put that in perspective, uh, USAA has the highest net promoter score of any Fortune 500 company with a net promoter score of 80. Um, Amazon's net promoter score is somewhere in the 40s. The average like transportation moving company net promoter score is somewhere uh, between nine and 13. So that's our net promoter score of 94, you know, quite frankly, that's, that's something we hang our hat on. Uh, that's something that we talk about too with potential investors. That's something that it's just due to making sure the customer's happy, no matter what, no matter what expense.
1: To say something about that too, as you're mentioning, the highest 500, Fortune 500 company of USA having an 80 and you're, killing them with a 94 uh, i personally use usa for almost every financial thing in my life because of that reason they are top-notch customer service and just customer satisfaction and things like that so i could only imagine yeah. that if, certainly you should be proud of things like that so what else man what besides a uh, you know we can we can get out the plugs and all that kind of stuff but what else are what's coming up you guys are just moving into atlanta what else are you guys getting into but you know what's what's in the future for bungee
4: that's a good question um yeah. so know, yeah, right now my my job and what i spend my my days thinking about it and and I'm trying to do is just you know how quickly and efficiently can we expand our national level again we, we raised the uh 3.4 million dollars uh here from local kansas city investors wow. which has been fantastic yeah. and that's really to to jump start or i don't say jumpstart to kick off our national expansion right. um so you know we're at a point where we have rock solid software in place we have an efficient and affordable customer acquisition model we have an outstanding team and uh we're primed to scale on a national level but now it's just a matter of doing so and executing between you and i i would also think that within a year year and a half the goal is probably to raise somewhere between five to ten million to continue national expansion you know, when when I was walking out of class that one day, I never thought that I would be anywhere near this, raising this type of money, doing you're these right. type of things. But uh, it, it's crazy if you just keep on, you know, banging your head against like a brick wall until eventually it's going to fall down. But uh, again, if you're going to be stupid enough to do that, uh, cool things Cool things seem to happen.
1: Is it just a hardcore marketing campaign when you're going to go into a new market like that? I mean, how do you? Because you've got to angle it both to customers and I don't know, say employees or or you know if they're contractors or how that works, but yeah. also drivers. I mean, it, it seems like a two pronged attack there.
4: That's been the probably one of the biggest, uh, one of the hardest things, especially when it comes to to scaling. Because if you think about it, I mean, we do kind of have two sets of customers, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. We have customers, people who need things moved and then pickup truck owners. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at both sides of the equation, if you're a customer and you're on the app and you request a bungee and a driver's not available, you know, we, we maybe have one more shot before you delete the app right. and, you know, forget about it. On the driver's side, if you're sitting online for a couple hours and there aren't trips coming through, you're, you're deleting the app and, and we're done. Yeah. So the challenge is how do we build supply, the um, driver's available and demand Uh, the trips being requested at the same time. And there's volatility when it comes to seasonality. There's volatility when it comes to, you know, let's just say like a blowout sale at Costco. You know, there's volatility when it comes to what day of the week or what time of the week. It's been a a fun challenge. I guess we'll put it that way of, uh, you know, how do we solve that with this on-demand marketplace service?
1: So, how many times did you have the same chair moved back and forth across town because you had to wait until you got some more customers built up for these drivers?
4: <laughs> you know, uh, I can say we've we've, uh, we've never done that, okay, but that's right. actually maybe a fantastic idea.
1: We're watching a new market. Hey, hire Tim and Tom. <laughs> we've got ideas for
0: days. <laughs> yeah, so I need, what, I
1: need to get you guys on payroll. That no, way, well, like. yeah, we'll accept that. We're we're down for that. All right. So what's where can we learn more? Where can people that want to drive or use the service where can they find you where can we get you on social media let's get let's get all that out
4: yeah so our website is bungee.com and that's b-u-n-g-i-i mm-hmm. uh, so bungee.com is our website and then all of our social media handles are all at bungee app twitter facebook instagram to request a bungee download the app from the app store or google play store I'd like to think it's somewhat straightforward to get a truck. So that's how you have. That's how you find out uh, more. That's how you learn more. And um, Tom, the question that you asked about, uh, like the future of transportation, man, that's a good question. I, I need to obviously, you can tell. I need to think about that a little bit more. Um, no, you, you had a great answer.
2: It was just I was just thinking about it because I was thinking in terms of. I mean, literally, you could take a Lyft or an Uber to sam's club or whatever it is buy a bed call bungee get the bungee to your house and then like you're not you're not doing anything you know not that you're not doing anything but now these cities don't necessarily need these giant walmart parking lots or these side roads because the highways are filled and so it just it's got me to thinking i was like man is i mean I wonder if that's the future yep. of what we're looking at.
4: I think like we are seeing a trend where personal ownership is becoming less, less and less. I mean, even, I don't know if you guys use like Apple music or Pandora, like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, like I was super proud of my iTunes library, right. you know, like I own like all the best music and like now I use Apple music. I don't know any of that. I just pay like a $10 a month uh,
1: subscription. paid and I, for I, a single song good. or music in a decade probably, you know?
4: yeah exactly exactly, and it's just uh I mean, even with like movies same same exact concept applies, so mm-hmm. it's uh or your d v d so it's it's fascinating, but uh obviously, I need to sit down and think a little bit more
2: about it well, and then the other thing that I like also where i I think again, I'm just a guy that does a podcast, but where I was thinking too, is by you giving the opportunity for people to work for Bungie they're allowed then to become almost like their own boss. So if on Tuesday, you know, they have a meeting for their own company that they want to take, they're not tied down to an eight to five because they're earning money by doing Bungie and by doing Lyft and all these other services. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I just think it's really crazy how fast everything is moving into a new and exciting direction.
4: Absolutely. I mean, we have a ton of artists and musicians, uh, freelancers who just do Bungie part-time. You know, to help supplement on the months when they're not making as much money. It's a fascinating trend. The thing that I'm wary of is that if we continue moving on this track and we're getting pretty deep here, but you know, there's going to be a couple of companies who own mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And that's something that I'm scared of, or yeah. I guess like that's worrisome to me.
1: Yeah, you know, and a, indeed. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's certainly a, I mean, it's a, A worry to have that's a very yeah you're you're right it's getting very economically philosophical for sure but yeah that's correct and and part of your model is based on uh, some people owning some trucks you know what I mean? Like, so you got to have some people owning some cars or yeah. else you, you don't really work. Yeah, it, right? that's true. Well, hey, man, we appreciate you coming on. We'll let you get back to, yeah, I'm sure you got busy stuff to do. You got to raise some money, it sounds like.
4: Hey, guys, it's been been fantastic. It's been, been really fun uh, uh, telling you guys the story and, and hearing a little bit more about uh, what you guys are
1: up to. No, I'm, I'm super excited you came on because I'd seen you drive, like I'd seen the signs driving around and uh we had recently my wife and i had recently bought a pickup truck and i said hey there's an idea we might be able to make a little extra cash and as i looked on i was like oh these guys are from here i'm I'm gonna try to get them on Tim and tom and talk to them of course Uh, so uh so it was really unique story and i like the idea and of course i mean you went to k-state you've got to be a smart guy i mean that's clear (laughs) and evident everybody gets that so i mean how could you fail right i mean really so
4: exactly exactly
1: so we really appreciate you coming on and uh Man, we will just encourage anybody. You need something moved around, you know, when, you know, my wife finally gets smart and kicks me out of the house and I need, you know, to stay at Tom's (laughs) for a, for a weekend while things cool over, I'll call a bungee to help me move a few things and and everything will be all right.
4: Fantastic. Well, uh, we're, we're here for you when you, when, when you need it.
0: Tim and Tom.
2: You think about all these, you know, startup companies just here in, in Kansas and Missouri and think about, the tag team effort of a bungee and the guest we had on a couple weeks ago, integrated roadways. You get right. those two integrated roadways working towards smart roads, then bungees servicing well, to parts of those smart roads with have. whatever type of vehicles, you know?
1: Should have asked him, Tom, and maybe uh, if he's listening back, he can maybe tweet us. We're at Tim and Tom KC. Would they operate almost like a courier service? Let's say, Tom, uh, you were stayed at my house because you lived out of town, right? But you visited me for the weekend, drove back to i don't know what blue springs and i'm over here in piper kansas right and you left something at my house well hey man i'll call the bungee and just have them just bring it to you because i ain't driving all the way over there right you know what i mean costs 40 bucks whatever fine right so there you go there's an idea too i'm sure they'd do that i'm sure they would be happy to do that maybe of course Uh, tweet us at tim and tom KC. if i am wrong about that ben i'm not trying to speak for ben jackson Uh, but we do appreciate him coming on and of course if you want to make some money and you got a truck go do that or, if you need a truck, get a bungee. It's that simple, right? And we Definitely. will take a break. And if you want to listen to a good podcast, listen to Tim and Tom. Listen to us take a break. When we return, we're going to give you some events and some fun stuff to do and talk about our favorite things of the week. And when we come back to Tim and Tom.
2: Fun fact, New York City residents live, on average, nine months longer than other Americans. just
3: saying do as I please. With my heart on my sleeve, you can- Trust and believe me. They never said it was easy. It wasn't working because I wasn't working. Was wishing like I had a genie. Knew that I wanted it deeply. Killer City, yeah, they need me. Make a claim for my name on the wall inside the Hall of Fame of the game as graffiti. I was young and I needed to break out. I was broken, I needed a way out. Had to learn a business. Had to get specific. Plotting in the civic on the way out. On a mission to build up the network. Politicking and building a network. Had no time to kick it. Skip it. Get your jumping ditches running. I stick to the legwork.
0: Tim and Tom.
1: This episode of Tim and Tom is brought to you by Your Business. Tim and Tom's listeners could be hearing about your business right now. They could be hearing your business's address. Or your business's website address. Or even your business's phone number. But they're not hearing that right now, are they? If you want the listeners of Tim and Tom to know more about your business... Contact us at timandtomkc at gmail.com.
0: Tim and Tom.
1: I spent my weekend sulking the K-State basketball. Short fallings, shortcomings, uh, as, as it would. Uh, but if I wanted to make this weekend better, what could I do?
2: Oh, I tell you what. We've got a plethora of Options for you as always what I will say each and every uh, time we do this segment go check out many of the free events uh, at Boulevard Brewing uh, Union Station Crown Center all of those wonderful amazing places doing free events and reoccurring events throughout the year go check out those if these events do not interest you but I think I picked out some good ones so why don't we start with March 30th this is called pop art then and now it's going to be at the Hallmark Visitor Center. Now, this is going to be, again, at 9.30 in the morning, Go till 4, and it's going to be Hallmark Art Collection from the 1960s to today. So, obviously, Hallmark uh, has one of the most iconic uh, art... What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Collections? They, or? They, yeah, they, they have a great collection, but they, they're very iconic for the certain periods of time that they're featuring, right? So, like... Right. In the 1960s, they were the 1960s. You know what right. I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. they've evolved with time, but they've made their art yeah, iconic, sort of these visual,
1: iconic uh, representations of America at that moment,
2: right? Definitely. So, what I think this uh, pop art then and now will be great for is to see how they were, you know, a reflection of the time, but then how they evolved to the next step, right? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the 1960s and you know the 1990s are going to look drastically different however it's going to be a great representation and a you know drop point into what it was like at that time so uh, a fantastic uh, exhibit again this is going to be at the hallmark visitor center that's 2501 mcgee street kansas city missouri pop art then and now uh, it's going to be on a friday from 9 30 in the morning till 4 p.m that's now insane. yeah it's going to be great now uh last week we had Alex Morrow on the show yep. talking to you about fitness, getting in shape both mentally and physically. Yep. And uh, now on March 30th, we have the Kansas City Fitness Expo mm. at the Overland Park Convention Center. Now, this is going to be March 30th and March 31st. There's a Casey Fit Expo Day Pass, which is $15. Uh, this is going to be an all day expo with all of your favorite brands and local companies. Uh, it's going to have shows and events going on inside as well. Uh, first 500 in line will get a muscle bag full of coupons, samples, and goodies. Um, it is going to have every type of company you could think of locally and. Uh, nationally, internationally there to help you with your fitness goals and needs. Uh, Obviously, looking for, you know, your Fitbits, your yoga pants, your muscle shirts, uh, all of the fun things. It's going to be here uh, at the Kansas City Fitness Expo. Again, it starts on March 30th, uh, goes till March 35th, Uh, goes from 10 a.m. on March 30th. And then on March 31st, it starts at 9 a.m., Overland Park Convention Center is going to be six thousand College Boulevard, Overland Park, Kansas.
1: Almost anything that they do in the in that Overland Park Convention Center of these kind of conventions is fun. I mean, just getting lost and seeing the wide variety of things involved in an industry uh, is fun time to me. And if you're like, hey, you want to go to the um, uh, the tractor puller uh, show at Overland Park Convention Center. Like, why not? Let's go see this thing, right? Like, let's go see all the crazy stuff that's involved in that because it's amazing. They can fill this entire convention center with all sorts of things about fitness. I- I'm sure you could fit 20 convention centers with uh, a thing as wide as fitness. So this would be really neat to see.
2: Yeah, and definitely. And the thing that I think that's going to be really great about this is it doesn't just focus on the national companies like your Under Armour or your Fitbit. It's going to have local company and a local company presence. So where, you know, if you're looking for some one-on-one attention from a company that's growing, you can get that at the ground level and find them at the Kansas City Fitness Expo. So. I think they do a great job of blending both the national companies that you're secure and comfortable buying from, then also going with the local companies where you're like, you know what? That national company is out of my price range, but this local company here would work with me one-on-one, so this price makes sense for whatever service or product that I'm looking for. So uh, I think they do a great job of blending both of those together. Now let's fast forward to the next one. Next event I got for you is going to be on April 7th. Uh, That's a Saturday. It's going to go from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And it is the Taste of Shawnee 2018. This is going to be the fourth annual Taste of Shawnee. It will be from three to six, as I mentioned. It's going to feature local restaurants and their fantastic food, fun, and entertainment. The Taste of Shawnee is hosted by the Rotary Club of Shawnee and was created with one goal in mind coming together as a community to share great food for a great cause. Funds raised by this benefit will go to In Polio Now the Shawnee Community Service, Shawnee Rotary Club Foundation, and Newhouse. So I always try to get a wide range of topics. You know, and yeah. lately I've been featuring, you know, Westport, Kansas City, Independence. And I've been trying to get a little bit more on the Kansas side. Yeah. I found this uh, Taste of Shawnee. Been there once. Fantastic samples from all types of restaurants there. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be some uh, really yeah. fun time to have. Yeah,
1: I don't think it needs... I don't think I could sugar this any better. Uh, I mean, it's food. It's various food out for you to sample, right? I mean, that's the selling point right there. And it? I mean, how, how could you yeah. not enjoy yourself at this event?
2: Definitely. And like I said, it's going to a great cause. So go out there. If you're already a part of the community, support your local community with this uh, taste of Shawnee. And if you're not from Shawnee, uh, go out there and get some free samples. It's fantastic. Not free samples, but you know, get some samples of some food in the area next event I have for you uh, this is gonna be at the Truman which I need to get to the Truman I still have yet to go there this year that's my goal mm-hmm. I'm gonna go see one show at the Truman it well, might this, be this one Is this one, this one? All right. yeah so Saturday April 8th at 8 pm at the Truman 601 East Truman Road Kansas City Missouri we have the darkness the
3: feel you're behind
4: the steering
1: Just some rock. I mean, if you want to go let the hair fly, everybody loving the the concert and just loud and pounding it, this is it.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Now, that song's a little bit dated. It is their biggest hit as of right now. Uh, They've got some more fantastic music for you. Again, this is going to be The Darkness at the Truman, Sunday night, April 8th at 8 p.m., uh, so there you go. Got just a couple events for you to check out for this weekend. And next, as always, like I mentioned, go check out the free events or reoccurring events. If uh, you're looking for more things to do, but go out there and enjoy this city. Cause I tell you what, it is a great city. Indeed.
0: Tim's favorite.
1: My favorite thing of the week, Tom is my organ.
2: Well, obviously yep. you would love yourself.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It is uh, my organ. It's a new one. I have a new organ. Did you know that? Is it just you? Yeah. Well, no, you have a new organ as well. So we both have new organs. Uh-huh. And this is not the organ you can play, right? This is not the type of organ that has keys that you could call Ben's friends over there at Bungie and have them help you move uh, from the church that you bought it for, uh, from to, to your home. Uh, not that kind of organ, Tom. I'm talking about an internal body organ.
2: Really? So how did how did we develop this uh, new organ? Tell well, me more.
1: A study, this is from USA Today, right? I'm just going to read this straight here because they're probably going to say it a little bit better than I could right now. Or ever. (laughs) Says, a study claims to have discovered a new human organ that could help scientists better understand its impact on diseases such as cancer. The study published Tuesday in Scientific Reports suggests this organ, called the interstitium, is a series of interconnected fluid-filled compartments found throughout the body. The study also claims the interstitium is among the body's largest organs. Scientists, using a special live imaging technique called a probe-based confocal laser endomicroscopy, probably said that right yep to find the interstitium in various parts of the body including the lungs and digestive tract the study said the interstitium can compress or expand in size suggesting it could serve as shock absorbers absorbers for other parts of the body the interstitial spaces were originally thought to be dense connective tissue found surrounding arteries and veins and sitting right below the surface of the skin this discovery could lead to a better understanding of diseases such as how cancer can quickly spread throughout the body. This finding has potential to drive dramatic advances in medicine, including the possibility that direct sampling of interstitial fluid may become a powerful diagnostic tool, said Dr. Neil D. Thies, a professor in the Department of Pathology at NYU. This is the second time in as many years, Tom, humans have learned details about a new organ. Last year, an Irish surgeon discovered the mesentery, which connects the intestine to the abdomen. Its identifiable function... Is still not known. So, we have now 80 organs. They in 2018, the year of the new idea, Tom. They have discovered our largest body organ, possibly. That is here. incredible. This, this probably still needs to be peer reviewed and stamped, but every major news outlet is covering this. And you're not going to make this claim without saying, "Hey, yo, right?" I mean, you're you're claiming to have found something right under our noses for ever.
2: It's interesting. Science is something that I'll be completely frank with you uh, is a little bit over my head. A lot of it just makes me go. And while you were reading that, a lot of my brain went, (laughs) but it is fascinating that science is evolving every day. And like you said, in 2018, we just found our largest organ. (laughs) What?
1: Yeah. How is that even that's incredible? A thing? If you told me, "Hey, we found this little marble-sized thing that hides behind your breastbone. Right, we never saw right, it before." Okay. You're like, "Well, yeah, that makes sense, right?" Or we found an organ that's actually inside this other organ. Yeah, okay, cool. But no, not only did we find a new organ, but we found what may be the largest and possibly most important one. <laughs> what are you talking about? 2018, the year of the new idea, and my favorite and- thing of the
0: week. <laughs> Tom's favorite.
2: This deals a little bit with grammar. Yeah. So before we play the clip and before I tell you what happened, it's important, ladies and gentlemen, to articulate, be clear, be concise, uh-huh. have good uh, cadence. When you're asking a guest, as you know, listening to mm-hmm. us on all these episodes, it's important to read the guest and help the guest if they don't understand what's going on. So this week. On Golic and Wingo, which has now took over the Mike and Mike time slot on the ESPN Morning Radio, now new WWE professional wrestler Ronda Rousey, formerly of yep. uh, UFC in the the greatest sport on earth, MMA was doing some media rounds, plugging WrestleMania, which next week, I believe uh, we're going to do our Spanish announce table, uh, talking about all those fun matches and storylines and things like that. But she was on ESPN to talk about WrestleMania and all those things. Well, with her athletic background and her fighting experience and how she left on a loss ESPN was more interested in the MMA aspect of her life and if she would ever get back to that. The following shows you that sometimes cadence and articulation mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. And you will find out now. Let's go back and, and start with when you knew
1: from the, the MMA, when you were done there, when you, when you knew in your mind, I'm not going to fight anymore.
0: I never said that.
1: Ah, so there is a possibility that you could go back in time? There's a possibility that I could go back in time? That's go, your question to me? Go back in time and, and and fight? Go back in the octagon?
0: I do not have the ability to go back in time, no.
1: No. Would you fight again?
2: I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. And th- And what I always think about with this is there's a phrase... Uh, when I was going through college, that was brought up to me when interviewing, when talking, when reading script for advertisements, things like that. It was the phrase "Let's eat, Grandma." Yeah. Right. So right. I say "Let's eat, Grandma," and you could take that one or two, right. one or two ways. It's "We're going to eat Grandma," right. or "Let's eat Grandma,", grandma.
1: Yeah, and up, I'm grandma. talking
2: to Grandma. Golik there made the mistake of. What he was trying to say is, in time, do you see yourself going back to MMA? Ronda Rousey, who has now, I believe, a flu-like malfunction when she hears the syllables MMA, took that as, no, I don't go back in time. MMA, stop talking about MMA. She knew what he was talking about, but it was a poorly worded question. It made for an awkward interview. You know I love that awkwardness. That is my favorite thing of the week.
1: Let's eat, Grandma.
0: Tim and Tom.
2: All right,
1: Tom, this is really fun. Uh, Ben Jackson at Bungie is is a great guy. He was really fun to talk to, and they're doing some fun stuff that could help all of us. We've got new organs, uh, you and I, collectively. Uh, Just us, I think. I think it's just us, though. I think it may just be us. So, uh, sorry to the rest of you. Uh, He can't be as cool as us, but that's why you listen. And next week, uh, you can listen to us if you're a pro wrestling fan. And maybe if you're not, stick around. We're going to do a special episode of the Spanish Announce Table, which Tom and I used to do uh, many, many moons ago and for many, many moons. We will be doing that because it's WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all, the the biggest show on earth is what I'm calling it. I don't care. It It is. it is It is amazing.
2: It is our favorite show of the year in all sports and entertainment. We will be breaking it down, uh, telling you what we like, what we don't like, what we hope for, what we probably will expect, all the fun things, pro wrestling, WWE-related and WrestleMania-related. Uh, so tune in for that. Yep. Again, thanks to uh, Ben from Bungie. If you have something to move, whether it's a bed from Costco or you know something simple from one house to another, give them a call. Download the app. Check it out. It has amazing reviews. Uh, And as you heard from Ben, an amazing guy there doing things in Kansas City. That's a Kansas City company, too. This isn't like a company that's coming into Kansas City. So support them if you can. New organs, awkward timing, and let's eat, Grandma.
1: We will see you next week for the Spanish Announce Table.
2: Fun fact, people who prefer Twitter over Facebook tend to have a higher IQ, but are also more likely to suffer from insomnia.
3: Now i second nature. I see I'd rather play it safe as all the eyes. Even then, I don't see danger. Giving zero for myself out the to wager. I signed up for this. I never wave waver. Oh, artificial art. Been that way from the start. That's until I depart. Throwing shade like a dart. Boy, there's some of your parts. Don't amount to my heart. Ah, I'm playing it smart. I can
0: see through. Tim and Tom. <laughs>